Hello. This is the In Terms of Faith podcast. I'm Higo Rodriguez, and I, I'm here once again, uh, trying to um, to practice um, what I study, what I read, at the same time to share um, with those that um, um, that want to listen to <laughs> to me and. Uh, one of the things I see with this podcast is um, like the idea of evangelism, a beggar telling another beggar where to find food. So what I'm doing is I usually have my devotional time and my Bible study time. And uh, one of the things I want to do is to share what I learn. And I think that when I share, I also um, relearn or re-study what I'm reading. So this is the, the goal of this podcast. And as always, I look for your comments in conversations, uh, through email, uh, any way you can contact me. My uh, email is, or you can find me at uh, in terms of faith. In terms of faith at outlook.com. Yeah, that's right. In terms of faith at outlook.com. Or any other way uh, you can find me. Uh, so this is December and already, 2015. And um, I've been, last week was Thanksgiving. And I, I'm a little behind on the podcasts. So this will come a little later than uh, Monday, which is usually when the podcasts are there, but that's all right. Um, we'll go with that. So today I do want. Um, I'm not driving. I'm at home, and which is good, safer, I guess. But um, I want to. I want to share two things. I want to continue with the uh, uh, misused Bible verses, but also I would like to. Uh, revisit briefly the Does God Speak, the first four uh, podcasts I put online, just to clarify a few things and uh, to update. I've talked to a, a church member on this and um, I got some feedback. So let me share first with the, the Does God Speak. Uh, one of the objections that I... Uh, received from this um, church member uh, on the topic of does God speak is uh, his point was uh, didn't God uh, act acted that way in the past didn't God sp uh, speak to people in many ways in the past in the Old Testament isn't that how we how we get to know God, uh, the way God acted. And I told him that, yes, that's what happened. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's how we, uh, what we should expect nowadays uh, from God. What does the Bible teach about how Christians nowadays uh, should, should live? I shared a few things with him, um, 
and usually the a little random sometimes but um, just to put a little more in order here uh, trying to answer his question um, one of the Bible verses that uh, came to me was Hebrew uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 1 right at the beginning uh, chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and many times and in various ways but verse 2 in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe and the writer of Hebrews go on to to talk about the this person the son so just the book of Hebrews itself at the beginning tells that something might have changed uh, changed on the way God communicates with us and even so another thing I told um, this brother uh, is that we have that's like I don't know 6,000 years 4,000 years uh, of history we have before today and God didn't speak to everybody um, we have very specific people that God spoke with and most of the time with a very well all the time with a very specific uh, purpose in mind usually uh, with God's people entire Israel in mind not just uh, those people's own decisions uh, but something greater God wanted to achieve uh, to um, his to is Israel to to his people another thing that um, came to mind later and I didn't um, mention to this brother is that I also because I I also think that um, he might he would have taken it a little more um, in an offensive I think which is not the goal but um, to, to try to answer his question his uh, objection as well on does God speak and his again his point was that this is how God did in the past my point is I don't walk around in Springfield waiting for a bush to start burning and not be consuming uh, with fire right that's how God did in the past I also when I go to Brazil and go uh, to the beach to the ocean I don't expect a big fish to swallow me and spit me up in some other place um, that's crazy but that's how God acted in the past at the same time, I don't expect those things to happen with me now. Um, so this is uh, what I would say uh, to that type of objection. And just to continue a little more defining terms, my point is I'm not putting God in a box. I'm not telling how um, what God can or cannot do. If God wants to appear to me right now in front of me and say things to me or in my ear however he wants to do he will but according to the bible this is not something we all christians should expect from god before we make decisions again we don't we don't need that's not what the mo the, the model that the bible provides us we don't need a uh, step by step guidance from God or we don't need uh, to listen to God um, for every decision or major decision we will 
we're faced with. And again, uh, some people say that major decisions we should wait from God. Where we draw the line of major decisions. Um, okay, buying a car may not be a major decision. But if God wants us to purchase a specific car, that's a major decision. So where we draw the line on major decision? Marriage is a major de- decision. Uh, moving might be a major decision. Uh, so usually when we don't know, when we are afraid of the decision, uh, to uh, the outcomes of a decision, we put it to God. And we, we don't ask God, like some people do, uh, what should I wear today? Uh, should I wear a tie today? Uh, isn't that important? So wh- where we draw the line? So this is, those are a few of the, the other things that I would raise uh, when it comes to uh, hearing from God. Um, we, it's hard to draw the line. And lastly on this, let me share two passages from Paul. Uh, one, uh, a type of language that people use when talking about listening to God is open door. And um, now, this language you don't find as much in the Bible, this phrase, this open door, uh, but people use nowadays, which is okay. But um, putting in the Bible context, I think it's always uh, best. So, in for, uh, sharing from Paul here, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 5. This is about open door. Paul says, After I go through Macedonia, I'll come to you, for I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps I'll stay with you for a while, or even spend the winter, so that uh, you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits, which is great. And in verse 8, Paul says, But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door... For effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. So Paul is clearly uh, seeing an open door uh, from God, and he's acting on it, um, which is great. The language today is, you see an open door, that's God, go to it. But turn the page, uh, a few pages, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Now, same guy, Paul, and he says, Now I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. So again, Paul sees that God opened a door uh, for evangelism and Paul understood it to be from God. But he continued in verse 13 saying, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them. And went on to Macedonia. That's, for me, it's amazing. Paul saw an open door. He recognized that it was from the Lord. And still, he did not act based on that door, open door. He decided to do something else. So what is the point here? The point is divine opportunities or open doors are not divine directives. God is not mandating us, uh, even if we see an open door, that's not God telling us what to do. Open doors are 
opportunities to be acted on or ignored depending on other factors. And for Paul here, his factor was he didn't have peace of mind. He wanted to see Titus. So that's what he did. God considers our wishes. God considers our wants. God considers our needs. Uh, of course, God has bigger plans and a bigger vision than what we have. But to the point here of uh, Paul in First and Second Corinthians, an open door, even if it's, it is clearly from God, is not a God uh, directive. That's not God mandating us to do something. Anyway, so this is what I have. Uh, just a quickly touch up or review and definitions on open uh, the, the will of God or hearing from God. Again, I don't think this is the model for Christians today. We, as a good father, this is another thing I told my brother at the church. As a good father, God wants us to grow in maturity. And also in our decision-making skills, he gave us the Bible. He gave us his word. He gave, uh, collected in this collection of books, what's called wisdom books, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, that guide us in our decisions. And that's what God wants us to learn. God wants us to know him, to know his um, moral will and act based on that with wisdom, praying for wisdom, not waiting every time to hear from God. Anyway, I, I um, look forward to hearing from you. Any pushbacks, any comments uh, will be great. So this is the first thing, just a review on does God speak. The other thing is uh, the Bible verse, uh, misused Bible verse that I wanted to, to consider here. And I realized that for some, this may be a um, not so good experience, experience hearing all these Bible verses that people cherished for so long, meaning something else that now they don't have it anymore. They lost something. Uh, they had all that great promises from the Bible from God, but now it's gone. Uh, uh, the right interpretation of those verses um, get them frustrated, I think. Um, once you um, learn the context of these Bible verses. This is not my plan to frustrate, but um, uh, actually to teach to put these Bible verses in context. And as we learn these, I think we grow, again, with, with the wisdom that comes from God. We grow in maturity. We grow, grow in knowledge of God and grow as Christians, knowing God's moral will and uh, having basis for our decision-making. Even when uh, these Bible verses uh, are interpreted in the right context and we lose something, that we actually didn't have. So hopefully this will help you and not frustrate you um, on your on your uh, journey. So the verse for today is, again, some people may not like it, is uh, Philippians 4, 13. And let me open my Bible here and I'll read together. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through him who 
gives who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ, depend on the translation, who strengthens me. Um, back in Brazil, during my high school years, I played basketball. And uh, our team was not good. Um, I would joke with my parents, my family. Uh, we would go to a competition, and I would get back home and say, Dad, we got fourth place, which is good, fourth place. Ah, oh, that's great, son. How many how many teams were there? And I said four, and we got fourth place. Anyway, during those games, and as as we prepare for those games, um, this Bible verse would be a great encouragement for me. Paul is saying, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can win. I can beat that team. I can play well." Through Christ who strengthens me. But at the same time, another Christian in the opposite team could be say, saying and thinking and claiming the same Bible verse, the same promise. But as you know, and I know, one of those teams would lose at the end, usually my team. Now, the other uh, Christian in the opposite team would be happy and yeah, God is great, God strengthened me and we we won. But what about me, my team in my uh, cherished Bible verse? I lost. Where was God's power strengthened me to win that game? Um, so you see the confusion here. And for me, as I read this text, uh, what does it mean? What did Paul uh, mean when he said, I can do all things uh, through Christ who strengthens me? No, because we have a few uh, last minutes with this, I'll walk uh, quickly through Philippians 4.13. Now, I can do all things. Does this uh, word there, all Things. What does that mean? It means all things, like even for a um, burglar breaking into a house and say, I can do all things and getting out of the house. Does it mean to, to him as well? If not, why not? And same thing with uh, my wife, for example, carrying groceries up from the car uh, to the house. And he has a heavy bag on her hand and milk in the other hand. I can do all things with God who strengthens me. Is that what this verse where this verse would apply. And I would say not. Um, Philippians 4.13, when taken into context, reading the verses a little bit before, Paul means that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The context is, is he can be content in every situation. The verses right before 13 says what, God, uh, what Paul had gone through all types of situations. But at the end, he can say, I can be content through Christ who strengthens me. I can go through all these things and be content through Christ who strengthens me. This is a power that comes from God not to worry. And Paul is saying here that it is possible to have that power not to worry, to have that power to be content. Now, this is not 
at face value, this is not a promise from God. This is just a statement from Paul. Right? He's not saying, you all Christians can do all things. He's saying, I can do all things. Now, granted, Paul said, be um, my imitators as I am of Christ. And, of course, we should learn fr- learn from uh, from him. But at just a face value, this is not a promise uh, from God. But at the same time, um, Paul is saying this letter here that he had to learn this. He had to learn to be content. He had to learn to have the power not to worry. And he's saying it is possible. For me, this is a great encouragement. Knowing who Paul was, knowing his story, Paul had to learn this. He had to learn to be content. And he's saying to us, Brothers, this is possible. You can do these things and not worry to Christ who strengthens you. You can be content uh, in Christ who strengthens you. Um, One writer that I'm reading is and getting a few of these ideas is Eric Bargerhoff. And he put it this way. On Philippians 4.13. He says, So Philippians 4.13 is not so much about having the strength to stand up and sing a solo in church. It's not really about who has the strength to play to the best of their abilities in a sporting contest. Or about having the strength to lift a bag of salt. And it certainly isn't about having the courage and strength to rob a bank. This verse is about having the strength to be content when we are facing those moments in life when physical resources are minimal. This is about having faith in the God who provides. So this, for me, again, is a great encouragement knowing that Paul had to learn this. And me, as a simple Christian, uh, he gave the encouragement to us that we can do that. We can get that power not to worry. Get that power to be content in every situation. Anyway, so this would be a short one on the Bible verse. Um, I did read the context, but I invite you to read just to, to save time on the podcast as well. Since we're talking about two things today. And thank you for your time to listen to this and uh, the few comments um, that I get here and there from friends and church members. As always, you can contact me with any questions, suggestions, or comments on my email in terms of faith at outlook.com. And um, I look forward to hearing from you. And we'll, we'll continue looking at a few of these verses, but um, hope we're finishing these soon. Again, thank you very much, and I'll see you later.